Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, I'm officially a year older. You are a year yeah, older. Right, a couple yeah. weeks now. Yeah, that's right. A couple weeks <laughs> just now. passed your birthday, but it's been the that's first right. time that we've been in here together because I, I had uh, Brother Mariano in here. We had that mm-hmm. episode a couple weeks ago, and then uh, you know we were on the pilgrimage, which I'll talk more about in the next episode. But um, you know, Matthew Leonard. Uh, was kind enough to join us for a week, mm-hmm. another episode in there, and so helped us cover the time that I was away, and excited to talk about more of that next week. I'm just kind of trying to gather my thoughts and look back at our journal and notes and right. get with Angela on it, and heck, we might even bring her in here to talk about her experience with the pilgrimage if she's not gun-shy. She likes to be on the other side of the camera, but... <laughs> I think that would be a good idea because the perspective is always good. Yeah, and people, I mean, there's nothing like a woman's perspective, right? Right. right. <laughs> and it would probably be completely different than mine, mm-hmm. right? But... Yeah, so we'll get into all that, but yeah, happy birthday, man! Thanks, man. I, I am. I feel wiser. Thirty-six years old now, or well, whatever. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't have the thir- I don't have the body of when I was thirty-six, but I'm working to gain it back. That's right. Know? So At you're either delusional or, or forty-seven. That's yeah. right. Yeah, forty-seven years yeah, young. Forty-seven, and uh, I'm smarter because. Uh, I am a father of two daughters, and yeah. I've learned more this year than I have <laughs> last year about how to deal with them. Well, and so, you've matured, you've matured more, man, right? right like right. if this was like your twenty second birthday, you probably would have tried to drink that many beers. But That's right. like, I would have matched forty seven at right. forty seven is a little tough for That's anybody, right? right? right. So <laughs> I would be in the hospital. Yes. Right. Thank God for maturity and growing in the faith. Right. 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 So, right. But no, man, I'm glad you had a great birthday weekend, and uh, dude, you mean so That's much really to the good. show and. I hate when you're not in here, and well, I mean, I, people. Look, I, Deacon Jeff's great for stepping in and all those things. I love him too, but uh, people have grown to love this show because you're a part of it, man. And I'm just so glad for your life and your friendship. Now look, and, I told you not to make me cry about <laughs> about how much yeah. you appreciate me. Here's your sappy that. portion. People are like, "Shut okay. up, get on with the show. This is supposed <laughs> to be about men stuff. Stop Sorry. telling each other you love each other." But, <laughs> but I do, man. I love you, and we wouldn't be able to do this without you. And thank you, man. Same pe- here. Yeah, yeah, people don't know that like you show up here every week and. And Deacon Jeff likes to make, you know, jokes about how you know he's doing it for the pay. But you know, you've always volunteered yeah. your time too. And so, people that don't know that, thank you for that. And and uh, to Christy and Ella and everybody else that sacrifices time with you, so you can be here with everybody this week. So, we wish you a happy belated birthday, my thank friend. You, as we couldn't do it and uh, because of the other because of the trip and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Happy birthday. Can't wait to celebrate here when we catch another weekend where we're not bu- where people That's aren't right. busy. That's right, man. So, but now it's good to be back in here. Um, you know, before we get started with the show, I want to just tell everybody again, thank you for being a, a donor. Uh, you know, people ask me, as I say a lot now, uh, how can we help the ministry? How can we give back? We feel blessed by what the Lord's been doing through this and just by your podcast and by the work that, you know, you and I have done, Victor. And I just... The, the the honest answer is just to if you can financially support us do that um you know we are trying to grow we are trying to expand what we're doing we're looking at bringing other facets in and, and other positions and really trying to to grow our reach and to be better about what we're doing right to get better always at at our our call to minister men in in uh, a better fashion each and every time so Really, the way we do that is by having that financial support. And a lot of people go, well, I can't give much. Well, 
a little bit adds up, right? Like every dollar counts. And so if you can give $5, $10, $15, $20, you know, if you're somebody who can give $100 a month, we welcome it all. It all goes to support the ministry and the work that we're doing. Do not let yourself feel like, well, because I can't write a check for 500 bucks or whatever a month that it's not going to matter. It will. And we need it because it gives us an idea of what we're working with each and every month. And we're going to start doing things for, for the folks that donate. You know, we're going to start having a monthly Zoom call for any monthly donors and stuff like that. So, you know, we can spend time with each other and, and really just be another way to thank you. So look for all that coming. There's a lot of changes in the ministry right now. And change is a good thing, but change is, is, is always expensive too. And so, again, if you're looking to give back, if we've helped you in any way, um, you know, if you've been blessed by this podcast or by one of the parish missions we put on, one of the men's groups we started, one of the talks at a conference, um, then just please consider giving. Uh, and to those of you that already have, thank you, because it allows us to continue to do this and to help people not only here in the United States, but all over the world. And I can tell you that each and every time I leave a parish and there's a men's group there that I know that place is going to be better for it. And the only way that we could continue to get to do that is through your generosity. So if you are a donor, thank you. If you are not a donor, you can, you can go to just a guy on the pew.com. There is a donate button in the upper right corner of our homepage. You can click that. That's probably the easiest way for those of you with quick thumbs and, and uh, steady ears. You can go to www.donorbox.org slash pew uh, and go right there. The cool thing is it accepts Apple Pay and Venmo and all these other cool things that I'm too old to really know about uh, now. All these kids are using, <laughs> young folks are using. So it'll accept all that. It'll make it quick and easy for you, but it allows us to be able to continue to do what we're doing. So thank you for that. Second of all, uh, just want to say that, look, we're, we're booking in 2024. Uh, you know, we are booked up almost all the way through 2023. Thank God for that blessing. Uh, going into parishes and starting men's groups, that is the heart of this ministry, and that is what we will continue to pour into. God wants us and has called us to be modern-day St. Paul's, to go out and to start community where there was not community. That's not saying I'm a saint or Victor's a saint. Hopefully they, hopefully we want, we will be one day so we can be with all you, the rest of you guys that are expiring, expiring, inspiring to be saints. Expiring. Hopefully not expiring. Sooner than you need to, but uh, or you're supposed to, but inspiring saints out there that we're called to start these ministries so that we can continue to bring men back into the fold and into a place where they can be real, authentic, they can leave the mask at the door, and they can come into true, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ and one another, and we've seen it happen again and again and again in these parishes. So if you're anybody out there that's listening to this, don't discount the fact that you, you matter. Right. If you're a guy in a parish, you have a voice. You're part of a parish family. So go to your parish, go to your pastor, go to your DRE, to your parish council and say, I want something for men if it doesn't exist there. Or if you're a part of something and you feel like it's grown stale or it's people are leaving and things aren't happening, people aren't aren't growing in the faith and, and you're not seeing the fruit of that, then we can help you rejuvenate that, you know, and re reorganize and start over from a place with a new life and breathe new life into what you're doing. So for whatever reason, I can't talk well today, so you guys are going to have to forgive that. But the point of what I'm saying is if you want vibrant, life-changing ministry to men in your parish, then reach out. You can go to our website at justaguyinthepew.com and go to our Book Me page there. You can find out there on that page where you can fill out the form uh, for the Book Me. Down at the bottom, there's a submission form. Or you can go into our men's ministry page. By now, our new website's up, and it is devoted completely to our mission of building men's groups. It's no longer, hey, I'm John Edwards, Catholic speaker and podcaster. There's a little bit of that on there. But really, our whole website now goes to mirror our ministry in the direction it's taken, which is full-time ministry to men 
going into parishes and building places where we can see fruit that lasts. So we invite you to go and discern if that's something that you need in your parish, if you want to be a part of it, or if you can connect us with somebody who could get us into your parish. We'll come do that mission. We'll come do the training. We'll work with you for six months ahead of time and make sure that when we leave, you have something that lasts beyond the talks and beyond just me coming to visit. So thank you for listening to that, folks, each and every week. It's the best time we have to get that out there. Go check out our new website and go become a monthly supporter if you're enjoying what we're doing. So, Victor, into the show. Um, You know, the last couple weeks, it's been crazy. Um, You know, like I said, we went to the Holy Land before that, there were car wrecks, there was family members in the hospital, there were, um, uh, you know, employees changing in our in our ministry and stuff like that. And look, things happen in our lives all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, tough things, easy things, great things, bad things, difficult things. But, you know, a lot of times in our life, we can get to a place, and we talk about this a lot, where we just feel like, is there more to life than this? And we've talked a lot on here about purpose and meaning and and in the mundaneness of life and getting into that groundhog day sort of approach of that feeling like you're on the never ending hamster wheel of life, just running and running and running. And your mind can kind of kind of go to what's all this for? Why, 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 why am I even alive? Right. I've heard so many people talk about that. And I just think that I know in my life I've gotten to places and there's so many people that have shared with me places where they just kind of have settled for, for the where life is. Right. And we just, it's a question that I, I kind of wonder all the time. And I ask myself, like, why do I keep settling? Why do I keep settling for things other than what Christ has promised us? Why do I keep settling for a mediocre life? Why do I, why do I just believe the lies that there can't be anything more than this and anything greater than this? And over the last week or so, even, you know, and even before we went on the pot on, on the, on the, the pilgrimage, really, I was just, it, it kept coming to my mind. And that Sunday, um, before uh, the, we left on the pilgrimage that Sunday, May the 7th, there were three readings that day that really spoke to this and really spoke to to men stepping up to do more than what they felt they were doing in their life. You know, they, they answered that greater call. They realized there was a greater purpose for them. And in the second reading, we hear about what God created us for. And then that gospel reading from May the 7th, we heard what we all know where Jesus talks about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you know, that first, I've heard that a million times, read it a million times growing up as you did as a good Protestant and now heard it year after year in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church and multiple times a year. But I, the word, the way, just really struck out to me, you know, and Father Gallagher and his homily that weekend talked about, you know, as we've talked about on here before, that the people in the beginning weren't called Christians, they were called the followers of the way, right? And and it just stuck in my mind and that night. I just kept looking around at, at comments that people have sent into our ministry, places I've been in my own life. And I'm like, why do we settle for any other way other than the way, the way of Jesus Christ? Well, it's kind of a combination of two. Like for for the early church, they said the way because they knew where they were going. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, we're, we're hesitant to love fully. And when you don't love fully, then therefore your attentiveness to love or to receive love is maybe misplaced. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, when, you know, when I was, when I first saw Christy, I said, I want to pursue her. Sure. Right. And, and luckily she, she allowed me to pursue her. You know what I'm saying? Was, sure. She was like, Hey, get away, crazy guy. You know, yeah, it was, but it's I mean, a weird stalker right, way. Like right. you were chasing her around the room. <laughs> right. No. But I mean, I was like, I'm going to put my attention to getting to know her and her knowing me. Yeah. And, and that was the attentiveness to draw myself to know her and in hopes for her to know me. 
sure. and then and then and then draw in a, a shared identity of of possible loving each other. Yeah, you know, and so I think that's where relationship is. You know, whether it's like. Uh, in the early church, the way everyone loved each other, brothers and sisters, for one purpose, for one singular devotion, to spread the gospel, sure. to share the way, to reveal the way to others. And when we we find ourselves settling, fear creeps in, and we don't love the right way. So yeah. therefore, we're, we're, our, our vision is diminished as to what it, we're supposed to be doing or, or where, we, where we need to place that love. Yeah, and, it, man, it just... The thing is, there's so many, as we talked about a few weeks ago, or I guess it's been about a month ago now, the, the just the voices that we listen to and mm-hmm. listening to the wrong voices. And I mean, the ways of the world, the ways that are other than the way of Jesus Christ, right? And we we get into just our monotony and our, our routine and our mundaneness. And we we get to a point where the devil uses all that. And like I said, we start to believe that there's nothing better for us. And so we just start to live our life that way. Like we don't realize how many times in our own mind that we repeat these things to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like, well, life can't get any better than this, or I'm not meant for anything more than what I'm doing, or there's nothing special about me as we talked about a few weeks ago in an episode too, right? What could he do with your yes and all of that? We get in there, we start to repeat these things in our head to the point where we start to believe them, right? And then we just start to kind of unknowingly get into this just sort of routine of this is all there is. And when your mind goes to this is all there is, then there's no hope for something greater for your life. And when there isn't that hope that's present, then you just start to sort of sink into this Mm -hmm. muck and this mud and this same sort of, well, why even try, right? I mean, and and maybe that's the way we felt when we were younger, when we were a little bit immature and and things didn't go our way and we would try things and we weren't just as as good as somebody else or things just didn't come easy to us. And we said, well, why even try? Like, Mm -hmm. I remember saying that to my dad when, he wanted me to change the way I shot a basketball, you know. When I was younger, I was always skinny and wasn't super strong when I was little or anything. So I shot from the hip. And he kept telling me I needed to change that and try it this way and shoot the ball the way you're supposed to with the thumbs and a tee. And that was a whole lot harder for me as a young man. And I see it with my daughters and Jacob as I'm trying to teach them not to shoot from the hip there too. But I would just sit there and I'd be out there for hours and, and I'd shoot the ball and it wouldn't get anywhere near the rim and it wouldn't get – you know, anywhere near the goal, and, and I'd move closer, and I, I could never hit a shot. And I would just tell myself over and over again, why even try? Like, I'm never going to be able to get this. I'm never going to be able to get better at this. And the thing was, man, I just – that was a lie. And at some point I had to discard that and say, you know what, I'm not going to believe that anymore. I don't believe that I'm just never going to be any better at this, that I'm never – that I'm never going to be a decent shooter, that I'll never get this form right, that I, I've got talent as a basketball player. I just have to believe in that. And so I sat out there and I practiced and I practiced and I, and I, I made the decision to quit listening to the other noise and the other mess and to not be a part of that way of thinking, mm-hmm. right, of that mindset. But so many of us, we we just get in a place where we don't realize that we're even falling into this this sort of mon- this sort of self talk to ourselves that we're never going to be any better than that that our lives never going to be any more than just a mediocre mess right and when we go down that path we start to also believe that that you know I'm not made for a purpose I'm just some cosmic accident I'm a mass of you know put together molecules that's supposed to exist just to live and die right like that there's nothing grand that my life is supposed to before that I'm called mm-hmm. to. And that's not the place that Jesus wants us to uh, to be or what he wants us to believe about ourselves. Well, you, you know, you mentioned hope. I mean, that's, that is a, I get, that is a true um, statement of, a, of the believer 
of Christ. Hope. Hope in right. things unseen, right? Yeah. So so when there's a lack of hope, then you, you don't, you see where you are, the position where you are in your life, and you have limited vision as to where you can get to. So the, the, more, the less and less hope you have, the limited vision you have on the horizon to where all you do is just look straight down where your feet are, which is a, a you know probably like a puddle of mud. But for your viewpoint, you think that's all there is. Yeah. And so when you look lift your head up for hope, you see the horizon. You say, man, I can move I, two steps. I'm out of this yeah. with hope. You know, guidance of my faith, guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother, everyone that I pray to for guidance and security, you know, I forget. We all forget. I forget that, too, where I find myself stuck in the mire of my own creation. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I do the whole, woe is me, woe is me, and then I just lift my head up in prayer, and I realize this is just a temporary situation. It's not permanent. Sure. And, and if I have a hope... I know that I'll get past this and things will be better. Well, and that's that's what we have to allow it to be is something temporary, mm-hmm. right? The point is to get to where it, it becomes just a gnat that you can swat away easily when that right. starts to happen. But the problem is we get into patterns as human beings. Like, you know, good habits are hard to build. Bad ones are very easy to build and to stick to, mm-hmm. right? As, as I know from addictions in my life and many other people that listen to this, I mean, I know you have experience with with bad habits. I mean, we all do. We're human. Yeah. But the thing is, we can't allow that mindset to control us because then we start to believe that we are nothing but mediocre. And here's something that's very powerful. I ran up on uh, on a quote by C.S. Lewis that really kind of talks about what we're, where we can get as humans here, as human beings. He says, something deep in the human heart breaks at the thought of a life of mediocrity. Right. There's something that breaks in you. Right. And what is that breaking? It's that giving up of hope. It's like, is this all there is? And we have felt that like each and every one of us. I have felt that in my life so many times when I have gotten away from the way. Right. When I've stepped off the beaten path where I've let my relationship with Jesus fall to the side and my brothers and sisters that are listening you can let your relationship with Jesus fall to the side and get off the path while you're going to church, mm-hmm. while you're going to all the events you have on your calendar that happen to be Catholic. You can get off of that way very, very easily if you're not being intentional about growing that relationship. But C.S. Lewis is really opening and putting an eye and a lens on this that the, heart, the human heart breaks at the thought of mediocrity. Why is that? Because we know that we're made for more. Right, there's something within us that longs for greatness, that longs for something that's missing in our life, and that's why we even know like something's not right in my life. There's that inclination that we're called to something higher, to something greater, but we allow ourselves, as you said, to get caught in the muck and the mud and the mire, and to feel like you can't move your legs forward. Right, like you've got concrete shoes on, and because you get worn out, you get tired of being in that never-ending hamster wheel, as I mentioned you start to give up and you start to despair and you get in that place of, of mediocrity and you start saying to yourself, like, life can't be any better than this. I don't deserve any more of this. These are just my circumstances. And I can't do anything about it, right? This is all there is and I just need to deal with it and try to make the best of what I have. And that can be a good thing if you're looking at life and the right thing to say something like, I need to make the best of what I have, mm-hmm. not to be longing or pining for other things that other people have. But in that situation of where you're in this place of believing your life is just can never be more than mediocre. It's a very dangerous thing because God has made us all for more than that. And we don't need to settle anymore for this. We don't need to settle for relationships that are bad for us, right? We don't need to settle for 
for modern day idols. We don't need to settle for temporary highs or fleeting moments of happiness. We're called for so much more. And if this is what this show is all about and has been from the beginning, Victor, is just is calling men in particular. I know there's a lot of women that listen, but all of us into realizing that like we weren't made to just have a, a, a non-existent, non, non-effective, boring, mediocre, run-of-the-mill life. We're called to so much more. Now, that doesn't mean like leave your family and go chase adventure or quit mm-hmm. your job, you know, and be, you know, undiscerning in those things. It just means that we're called to a different way of life. And that way of life is abundance and joy, not in the Joel Olstein like, you know, get the mansion and all that kind of stuff, you know, way of life and in that prosperity gospel kind of thing. But like you find that 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 way brings us that life that Jesus talks about when we really align ourselves to his teachings and give ourselves fully over to what he's asking mm-hmm. of us, dying to self, living for others, uh, placing our worries and in, in allowing our burdens to go upon him, taking his yoke upon us. All of these things are the way, right? That's why he says to the disciples, when they go, well, what is this way that you're talking about? Goes, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know me. I've taught you these things. Mm-hmm. You know the way. And so I think Jesus comes into all of our lives and he's trying to tell us this again and again in our life. Like, look, if you're tired of this life the way it is, you know the way. Stop following these other ways, the way of your pornography, the way of your your drinking or your drugs or the way of your anger or the way of your self-pity or the way of all this other stuff and follow the way that matters, what I have taught you. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one knows the Father unless they come through me, right? So this is where we have to put our life and we have to stop settling for any other way that isn't the way of Jesus Christ and the, what he's laid out in front of us to be his disciples, to be his followers, so that we could find that joy, not only here on earth, but that everlasting joy alongside him in heaven. You're talking about pursuing. And as yeah, I said, when I right. said before. In a non-stalker pursuing. way. Well, actually, probably good to stalk yeah. Jesus. Just don't. Pursuing, yeah, pursuing the love yeah. of Christ. Uh, I mean, and that's that's also, you know, blend in charity. I mean, when we're we're charitable, we're doing something for others and not for what? Ourselves, right? So the more charitable we are towards others, the more we are looking to, you know, give to others without them asking for it. Sure. And when you do that, that, char- that, that act of charity increases love for others because it's like, you like, it's not, not me. What, what can I do to help this person? What can I do to help this person? This person needs help doing this. Let me go do that. And I think that's the way that, that when you're solidified, I guess I'm the right word, but solidified in the way you're charitable without thinking about it because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what can I do for others because God has blessed me so much. Christ is living within me. The Holy Spirit teaches me daily, and I am growing in my faith because I I want to share what has been given to me, which means giving to others is charitable. And and I think when we we forget that so often, that's why we get, like you said, we get stuck. We settle. We forget the promises of who we are sons and daughters of God, yeah, the living God. And the promises that he makes right. to us. Like Jesus didn't say, I came so that you may have a mediocre, meaningless, right. pointless, boring. And congratulations. Yeah, life, right, like yeah. slothful life. Like right. I didn't come for that. Like, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't say that. He didn't come down and go, hey, I came down so that you could just be 
you know, right. you know, here at best. Like right. he didn't he didn't say any of that. You no, know, what he said is like what he says in John ten ten. I came that you may have life. I find it very interesting. He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." But he says before that, "I came that they may have life and have it abundantly." abundantly right. Right. Like, so part two on top of one, I give you life, but abundant life. Yeah. And yeah. what does that mean? That doesn't mean again that like houses and cars and mm-hmm. you know a bank account with tons of zeros. It just means like I've come to give you this knowledge, this, this truth, this way of life that you can start to, to live your life by, right? To make the changes in your life. And then you're going to find an abundance of what? Of joy of happiness. That's what we're all looking for is joy and happiness. That's what he says in John 15, 11. After he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, he goes on in the next chapter to say, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete, right? This joy of what life is about and not this right like transcending our our our, our, our circumstances and we forget he says Christ's joy my joy yeah. will be in you the joy that i feel right. every day will be in you right and that's right. the thing is like no matter our circumstances we can't let them dictate the type of life we're going to live we have to transcend those things mm-hmm. and rise above it and that's what christianity is is this call to rise above those things to live differently right to to stick to another way the way Instead of the ones that are out there, the comfort and all that stuff. I mean, our favorite quote, you know, for the show is the world is offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And that's mm-hmm. what Jesus is saying. Like, you're not made to just have this mediocre mundane life. You're made for more. And I, I have a plan for your life. And so this is like what I want people to hear is that Jesus is saying, like, if you're feeling right now in your life that there is no purpose, that you're just trotting through a never ending life waiting to die then, then it's time for you to, to get your head up out of the muck, as you said, to raise your head up in prayer and to start asking Jesus. Because when you do, when you start saying, you know what, I'm not going to settle for this anymore. I'm not going to settle for this way that, you know, maybe I followed the wrong path in my life. I, I, I stayed with the wrong people too long in my life. Your life isn't over. If you're taking breath right now, there's opportunity for change in your life. Right, that your story, all those things that you've done in your life are just pages in a book that continues a story that continues to be written each and every day. Mm-hmm. And you have a pen in your hand because God gave it to you. You have the ability to make change in your life, right, Victor? And the thing is, we don't believe that that's possible until we start lifting our head, as you said, and start looking at the things that God has put in front of us, like this. The catechism, that big, beautiful book that most people haven't ever written in their life or read in their life that are Catholic all the way through until now. Thank goodness for Father Mike Schmitz and what he's doing. People are actually picking it up and reading it. And that's no offense to people that have read it. I don't mean to to make anybody mad. I'm saying that in jest. Mm -hmm. But it was years before I picked up the catechism because I kept going to the Bible all the time. And that is the foremost, foremost resource for our faith is the Bible. But the teachings of the church or there in the catechism, not to rival the Bible, but to be that supplement to it, to explain these things to us that need explanation, greater explanation. And so we find in paragraph one in the prologue, this is what it says. So if you are sitting here going, my life stinks, my life's boring, there's no purpose to my life. What did God create me for? Listen up. He says, it says this in in catechism one, one in the prologue, God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. 
He calls together all men scattered and divided by sin into the unity of his family, the church. To accomplish this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son as redeemer and savior. In his son and through him, he invites men to become in the Holy Spirit, his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. We are heirs. Dude, yeah. like, right. They could have never written anything else in the catechism. Mm-hmm. And that should be enough for us. Like that there is a God, something so much bigger than you, that sees you, that made you for a purpose, that wants you to be a part of his perfect and blessed life, right, in himself, his plan of sheer goodness. He didn't just create this world. Like, you know, we can buy aquariums. Like Jacob's got a bearded dragon upstairs, right? We got this whatever huge aquarium thing, and we just built it and put it in him. His life kind of sucks. He sits there on a, on a net. And then he's down here on the thing, unless Jacob takes him out and invites him into his life, right? And, and plays with him and spends time with him and, 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 and brings him into a greater purpose than just being in that cage all day long. But this is what God has tried to do for us. He didn't build some boring aquarium for us to just sit in, right? On some net all day long, just doing nothing. He called us to be a part of his plan. And where so many of us feel that we're we're mediocre and mundane and all these things is because we're not getting to be part of that plan. We're not jumping in and understanding what that plan is and that call is and then taking our rightful place in that plan to live that in our lives. And so here's this beautiful invitation from our church that is interpreting the word of God to say like he is he brought us into this world to be part of his blessed life, part of himself. And that we're his adopted children and heirs. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We're heirs to a kingdom. But when we get caught up in the mess of what's down here and we don't raise our head, as you said so beautifully, to look above at what it, we're actually living and birth for is to help other people and ourselves to get to heaven so that we can live in eternity with the one who created us to live in his blessed self forever. That's what we're here for. So we have to raise our head up out of this, as you said, Victor, so well, and start looking at the life that's beyond this one. We get so much time here. Live it well. Be a person that brings joy in the world. Live in charity, as you've said, but always focus that our life isn't about what's down here. And when you get your head out of what's down here and you start to look at what's above and you realize what has been, what has been promised to you, if you live the way you're called to, then you can live above all the mess and the mediocrity down here and you can follow the life God's called you to, but you have to be a member of this way. Mm -hmm. You have to give yourself to it, not be standing on the outside looking in, not just checking boxes, but fully vesting yourself in this and getting to know Jesus Christ. Right. Well, pursue God, have hope, and be charitable. Right. I mean, boom. Victor's like, up. we could have ended this a long time. I've already said this three yeah. times. <laughs> but I, but the, the thing is, I'm, I'm reiterating because it's so beautifully well put because we need to hear it over and over and over again. The promises that's been in the scriptures for all of us to read since the time of creation. You know, God loves us. He has a purpose for us. And and yes, things happen to us that kind of get us off track. But we always have to be attuned into what his will is for us. And when we get off the track, we, we it's because we're trying to follow our own will, yeah. which we know that it is self-destructive. It always is. Always is self-destructive when we try to do things our own way. So re, reset course, you know, get your compass out, find the true north, which is, you know, God, and, and start your life over in a gift of, of glorifying and praising him and, and helping others. And if you're sick of your circumstances, do something about it. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is... 
what I love about these readings from that Sunday, the second reading is really talking about the, the, the institution of deacons, mm-hmm. right? It says that these, these, these men started to realize there were needs around, right? Needs outside of themselves. And they said, is it not right for us to neglect the word of God to serve at table? And this, they said, brothers, select among you, like mm-hmm. those of you who would want to help basically. And so now you have the diaconate men that may have been feeling like, man, I'm part of this, but what is, what am I really doing? Like, I feel like I should be doing more. They stepped up, they volunteered their time. And now we have the beautiful gift of the diaconate in the church, right? And, and Deacon Jaff and all these other people that we know as deacons that, that are, are serving the poor and the widows and the, and the needy and all this mm-hmm. stuff in the unique way that they do because they realize I'm not supposed to have some mediocre life where I'm just sitting around in the crowd watching something go on. I'm called to participate. I'm called to, be, to participate in the body of Christ. So you hear that in the second reading, but then you hear or in the first reading of that weekend, but then you hear in the second reading in First Peter, what God promises again. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. Right, that's what we're called to. But we have to raise up out of this stuff. We have to get out of this muck and this mire and and stop believing the lies that we're just here to live a mediocre life mm-hmm. and that your life is mediocre. You're made for a purpose and one that God uniquely made for you. And it's time to start living in that. And start if you haven't been, then to start raising your head up out of that muck, looking around and searching out in our faith and the gifts we have in our faith, how to come into a more meaningful and purposeful life that God created you for. So how do we do that? How do we quit settling for the wrong things? By coming to know Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He goes on before that to say, um, in my house, Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself so that where where I am, you may also be. Right? He says, if you know me, then you will also know my Father. Well, the Father is the one that that is that created us to be blessed in himself. So if we're going to find that purpose, we're going to live in that, then we have to know Jesus. Right? We have to know Jesus. This is what it says. It says, he calls man, in that catechism paragraph I read, he calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all of his strength. He calls men together, draws close to men in every time and place. This isn't just for back then. This isn't just for 100 years ago or or thousands of years ago. It's for now, right now. You exist for a reason. So you got to get to know Jesus. How do we do that? Reintroduce yourself. If you've never met him, introduce yourself for the first time. If you have met him and you've walked away from him or you've given up and said, even Jesus can't help me and all that stuff that we've all done at different parts of our life, then reintroduce yourself. You know, how many of us have really done that? Going back and said, hey, Jesus, remember me? I used to love you. I used to be close to you. I used to walk with you. My life used to be different. Somehow I got off and I started settling for other ways beside yours. And I'm sorry. I've been a broken, miserable mess in this. I've had my head up my own rear end for so long that I believe that my life doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry for that. I want to reintroduce myself. Please come back into my life. Right? Show me that I can be different. Give me the grace and mercy you promised and help me change my life. Reintroduce yourself to Jesus. Let your guard down. Once you stick your hand out to him and you introduce yourself, let your guard down. No more falsehoods. No more mask. No more pretending that Jesus doesn't know what's really going on in your heart. Be honest with him. Wish all you know, we all wish people would see us, listen to us, love us, hear us, know us. He will. There's no one who will do that better than for for us than that, Victor, than him. So let your guard down. 
Schedule time to be with them. Right? You pursued Christy, right? You said, I pursued right. her. What is the first thing you did? Hey, can I have your number? Hey, would you like to go out with me? Hey, can we schedule a time to be together? It's no different in our relationship with Jesus. We have to schedule time. If you really want your life to change, then you've got to make things that aren't right now important in your life important in your life. You have to shift your priorities. And that means putting Jesus first. So schedule time with them. We schedule time for everything else in our life, for the programs we're going to watch, the TV shows we're going to watch, the hours we're going to spend on Netflix, the time we're going to go meet our buddies out somewhere, or, or stuff like that, or time we're going to spend with our wife. There's nothing more important than the time we can schedule with Jesus. So start scheduling time with them. Do adoration, confession, mass. All of these opportunities we have in the church, the rosary, all of these things, schedule time for him so that you can get to know him. Three, read his bio, right? Read the Bible. Get into it and don't just read it as some other book, right? Don't pick it up and go, well, I'm going to read it like I'm going to read, you know, a, a, a chapter of War and Peace. Sit down and go, Jesus, I want to get to know you. Show yourself to me. Pray before you do it. Ask him to reveal himself. Ask the Holy Spirit to come down and to reveal Jesus to you and God the Father. And then spend that time reading. When you come on something that grabs your attention, come upon something like that, then sit with it. Sit with it. Jesus, what are you trying to say to me? What about yourself or God the Father are you trying to show me or introduce me to right now? And be patient and sit and listen to him. You didn't have a date with Christy and then go, well, that's your five minutes, Christy. I'm out of here. No. No, I wanted more five minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that in like a very infatuated no, I mean, way. Saying, but <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, when you know what you want and you know that this person makes you happy and you feel like if you are um, – you are fulfilled in what you want in what you like, like fulfilled in your faith, fulfilled in, in being part of something more than just yourself. You know, that is the joy. That is the joy of life. And I think we all need to kind of realize that a lot of us have that joy already in our lives. that we've, we've allowed other things to, to take our, our eye off it. Like with work, with stress, with kids, with, with all the other things, the finances gets to the point where, it clouds that intimacy that we have, we're supposed to have with our spouse. You know, since saying a rosary, praying together, you know, uh, having the same shared dreams of what to do. You know, yeah. I think that is kind of like the, the intimacy level that we also have to, we have with our spouse that we, we should have, but also with, with Christ, with God. Right. Yeah. Well, and he is the bridegroom, right? And right. we're the, we're the bride exactly. of the church. And right. so we have to have that similar intimacy there. And, you know, here's the thing we, you, we're, it always starts off when you with infatuation, right? Mm-hmm. But you weren't just infatuated with Christy. You kept pursuing her, chasing her, loving her, falling more and more in love with her, and that's where things become real. When it moves from infatuation to love, maybe we'll do a show on that. Well, sometime she, too. That's she's a good topic. probably already upset that I said so much about it. Well, whatever. Yeah. She well, I mean, over you know, she's a very private person. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. So. Well, but anyway, guys, this is the point. Yeah. If you're in a place where you feel like you're settling, stop. Like you don't have to do that anymore. Why do you settle? If you're not happy with your circumstances and where your life is, there's someone who waits for you. There's someone who has promised you more, abundant life, joy beyond all imagination. And he promises you that not just here on this life, but three million times more in the next life. But we have to subscribe to the way. We have to believe and walk in the way that we say we believe. Jesus Christ invites us, each and every one of us, each and every day, every moment of every day, to grow closer to him. The ball's in our court. He waits for you. It's time to pick up the ball and start running with it, right? 
So, guys, again, ladies, folk, men, they're listening to us. Thank you for listening to this. I hope that you found some some hope in this episode. I hope you found some nuggets that can help you in your own life. And some I hope humor. you take it to yeah, some Find humor. Some take it to heart. Yeah. But again, if you have, then pr- consider donating. Consider becoming a supporter so we can continue to do this and help other people in these moments of need, like we've been able to hopefully help you today. So, thank you for your time, folks. Now, Victor, let's take it to prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, you have such grand plans for all of us, yet so many of us settle for less. Many of us have come to believe the lies that our lives are meant to be mediocre at best. Help us to stop settling for the ways of the world and the lies it seeks to foster within us. And Jesus, whenever we find ourselves settling for ways that are less than what we were created for, remind us that you alone are the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.